Today, we'd like to talk about how healthcare professionals can cope during the COVID-19 pandemic. So first, I would like to thank you for your bravery and your compassion during this time. We need you and we appreciate you. So we've dedicated this time for you. That being said, I'm Kelly and I'd like to Dr. Rosina today. She's an MD psychiatrist, best-selling author, and corporate consultant. You're listening to Happy and Healthy Minds with Dr. Rosina. So everyone is stressed and afraid at this time, and I think it's important to find ways to cope. Dr. Rosina, can you share why it's important for healthcare professionals and to manage their stress during this time? Thank you for spending time with me today. And I think it's important for everybody to manage their stress, but especially for healthcare professionals. Because not only we have to take care of ourselves, but we are also examples for our patients, our staff, our families. So we play many different roles in our life. And so if we don't manage our stress, then we are not going to be able to continue to help other people. That's our calling. If we maintain our instrument, our biggest asset, then we would be able to continue to use this asset on a long-term basis. Like, you know, if you have a car and if you don't keep the maintenance of the car, then car is not going to stay with you for a long period. So yeah, so you need to manage yourself so that you can help manage other people. Right. And how do most healthcare professionals experience or feel stress? Many people don't. (laughs) The healthcare professionals and many of like, you know, other professionals too, we become, we sometimes, sometimes start feeling that feeling is kind of weakness. So if we feel it, it's something wrong and therefore we learn to suppress. So many of us actually don't feel it. We may start having problems with a little more irritability or a little more difficulty sleeping, or we may start eating emotionally or stop eating. We're not acknowledging that this could be because of stress. So some people feel the stress and, you know, like the person who wrote to us, she's asking, there is definite fear. There is definite anxiety related to people are dying and it's not just the patients dying. It's healthcare professionals getting infected. And so it's a legitimate fear. The other day I started having cough and, and so I thought, oh my God, maybe I have contracted. And so I went through all this, those feelings. But a lot of our friends who are in healthcare profession, they are every day going in front and, and, and getting exposed. So there is this underlying fear. What if I get infected? What if I give it to my family? What if, what if, what if? And so these are not illogical fears. These are legitimate fears. And we have to acknowledge it before we could manage it. Right. Right. So once it's, once we're able to acknowledge it, how can we get into control when things are feeling so out of control? What, what can we do? Yeah, it is hard for most people and especially people in positions of decision-making. Healthcare professionals are making a lot of decisions and they're used to being in control. When things are not in their control, it feels very uncomfortable. But acknowledging that allows you to be able to process. And so if 
if you've had, read any of my works, I talk about these three steps of stress to joy. Medical professionals could relate to the acronym CPR. When somebody is dying, we're using the physical CPR to get the person revived. Similarly, I use the concept of mental CPR when you can prevent yourself from having the mental breakdown and you don't have to wait till you reach that point you can start you can take care of yourself using the cpr even with smaller stressors so that it doesn't build up so what does cpr stands for for mental cpr c represents calming calming down with awareness with mindfulness with relaxation exercises with other relaxation techniques p represents processing so thinking through and we'll go in detail in a few minutes and then r represents responding responding with the choice and intention and so let me start with one of the best ways to help you calm down is mindfulness now mindfulness is being used so much around and everywhere on the social media there's there are apps available and so people are kind of throwing the word without knowing so tell me what you understand with mindfulness you know, Dr. Zina, I'm so glad you said that because I was thinking about it the other day. When I think about mindfulness, I think about relaxation, but sometimes I don't know how to do it. And it there's so many different versions. You know, some people say, go for a walk. Some people say, breathe. And I'm like, okay, breathe, but I have a million thoughts going through my head. So yeah, can you tell us about what mindfulness means? Sure. The mindfulness, many people think, okay, it, it is meditation because in if you see the images of mindfulness, they would show somebody sitting in the lotus pose and, and doing the meditation. And then you would say, okay, if you want peace of mind, you need to sit for half an hour, an hour every day to do the meditation. And many of the healthcare professionals, a lot of busy people, they just don't feel like they have that half an hour, an hour to sit down and do the meditation. So how can they practice mindfulness? Now, some people refer to it as being present in the moment, so enjoying whatever you are doing. One patient, when we were talking about mindfulness, and she said, well, since I have been practicing mindfulness, I'm getting more angry and more frustrated. <laughs> Why is mindfulness <laughs> causing you to feel more frustrated? And so she said, you know, I have been so observant and being present in the moment now, so I am noticing all the wrong things that are happening around me. <laughs> <laughs> I notice all the stains on my carpet, all the markings on my wall, all the problems in the relationship, everything that is going wrong around me, I am noticing and I'm getting frustrated. And, and I say, okay, you are practicing only one aspect of mindfulness and leaving one major component of mindfulness. Therefore, now I teach people the map of mindfulness. So map represents M for meditation, A for attitude, and P for practice. So these three components make mindfulness. Meditation means focusing on one point, whether you close your eyes and focus on your breathing or observe your thoughts for five minutes, 15 minutes a day, that is the mindful meditation. Anything that you focus on is called meditation. And so therefore, let's say doing some kind of artwork and you're totally focused on that, that's why I call it art meditation. Or you can do music or anything that you get focused on is called meditation. Mindfulness has also the component of meditation and therefore it is called mindful meditation. So that is only one aspect of it. The second aspect of mindful meditation is attitude. 
So you want to be non-judgmental. So a human mind has a tendency to keep judging everything. This is right. This is wrong. Like my my patient I was talking about, you know, she was noticing everything. This is wrong. This is, this is not right. And so mind has that tendency. And so the one thing that we need to develop is a practice of non-judgmental observation and non-judgmental experiencing. So sky is blue. It's not good or bad. It's the way it is. You know, if it rains, it rains. If it shines, it shines. You may like it or you may not like it, but you don't have to kind of keep on judging that this is good or this is bad. So there are different aspects of attitude of mindfulness, and we may not have time today to go into the detail, but maybe we can cover it in our next session. And the third aspect of mindfulness is being present in the moment. And so when you are totally present while, let's say, driving your car, it becomes your mindful driving. When you are washing the dishes and when you are completely aware of the sensation in your body and the experience of the water falling on your hand and just totally being present in the moment without thinking about it and without judging that becomes your mindful dishwashing. So you can practice the mindfulness in daily activities, whatever you are doing, being present in the moment. So those three aspects combined together make mindfulness. And that's an excellent way of both calming down and becoming aware and managing the stress that way. For as far as techniques, uh, my understanding is you have some techniques to help us. And there are seven specific techniques. Can you walk us through those, Dr. Rosina? Sure. So let's kind of continue what I was talking about with the CPR. So there's techniques to help you calm down. And then there are techniques to help you process or think through things. And then there are techniques to help you respond intentionally. And so we talked about different mindfulness techniques. I have developed one minute technique that I teach people that you can do while transitioning between meetings. So you're going from one place to the other, one patient to the other, one building to the other, leaving home or coming back home. This technique uh, combines three very strong techniques together and you can do it on the go. Would you like to learn that? Yes, yes, walk me through it. Okay. And so I used to call it feet to floor in past. Now I call it relax on the go because you want to be able to relax on the go. What you want to do is bring attention to your feet. Start with your feet. Feel how it feels in your feet. Is, it, is there tension or are, they, are you wearing shoes or how the floor feels under your feet? And you don't have to move your toes, but if you want to move your toes, you can move your toes. Then bring attention to your calves. And if they feel tense, then relax. If it relaxes, just observe that. Bring attention to your thighs. Now bring attention to your hips. Bring attention to your tummy. Notice how it feels. Even if you're feeling hungry, you don't have to run and eat anything, but just notice. Observe how your breathing is happening. Observe how your shoulders are. Are you tensed up? Then relax. Observe how it feels in your upper arms and lower arms and your hands, where your hands are. Are they tight or are they loose? If they're tight, then relax them. Bring attention to your neck, to your up lower face, to the upper face, and take a deep breath in and let go. And feel all the tension going from your head, body to the floor. Now close your eyes. And make the whole body tight, 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 as if you were a piece of log. Tight, 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 tight. And let go. 
Now you open your eyes and look around and see what you see and see everything as if you're noticing them for the first time in your life. Smell what you smell. Feel the taste in your mouth. Feel the temperature on your skin. Bring a smile on your face. Say a little gratitude prayer in your heart for having all these senses and being alive. And then move on and do whatever you want to do. So do you think you can do, do this in between a meeting or in between seeing patients or in between classes? Yeah, and Dr. Rosina, I love that you walked me through that because one of the things that I realized when I was sitting still is how much tension I'm holding in my neck even now. And, and I feel fine talking to you and, and being with everybody here, but I do, I hold my tension. So thank you, I kind of noticed it. Yeah, so you can do it, like, you know, do this or any other mindfulness exercises while you're walking. So you can do intentional walking, and that could become your mindfulness exercise. And that would help calm down. You know, when when the machine keeps going on and on, you want to turn off the machine, right? So it calms down and it can function again. When you're done, you, you know, at the end of the day, when your phone is out of charge, you charge it so that it could function again. So these small breaks in, in during your day would help you calm down. So as your tension is building up, it would calm it down. And again, it is building up, it calms you down. So it keeps bringing your uh, tension down and it allows you to function at your best on a long-term basis. So let me now go to the second step. I said like CPR. So the P stands for processing. So what is processing? Processing means thinking through. Okay. So you just said there are so many things that are not in our control. It is not in our control that COVID-19 is happening or somebody is dying or some, so many people are getting infected. And, and so there are so many aspects of these, this thing that are not in our control. And then there are parts of it that are in our control. It is in our control that to, let's say, do frequent hand washing or, or social distancing or wearing our protective gear or things that are in our control we can do. And the things that are not in our control, they just build up and keeps draining our energy. Let me show you a diagram that I usually show to, to my patients, and I call it my circle of power or I can circle. This is derived from Stephen Covey's concept of circle of influence. Have you read the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? I have. I'm familiar. Yeah. So, so you may remember this diagram for, from there. And so... Everything that we are concerned about is part of this larger circle. It's called circle of concern. Everything that is that we can do something about is in this inner smaller circle called circle of influence. Whatever you can do, I can do, your words, your attitudes, your action is within your circle of influence. And whatever others have to do or whatever is happening around us, the government or the environment or whatever, that is all part of our concern, circle of concern. We are concerned about it. It is affecting our life and our lives of people that we care about. But they're out of our circle of influence. The important thing is that the more we focus on things inside our circle of influence, the bigger the circle gets. And the more we focus on things outside this circle of influence, the smaller our circle gets. And so 
every time you get a thought that you know you're upset about something or somebody or some policies of government or what is happening in the world think what is it in my inside my circle and therefore i can call it i can circle is it inside my i can circle or my circle of power and so if the thought is outside your circle find the aspect of it which is inside your circle of influence and shift your thought to that yes i cannot control everybody wearing a mask but i can control that i wear a mask or i recommend my family or my patients wear a mask so again like you know focusing on what you can do within that area of concern and so that is one main thing in terms of processing when you get a thought you say okay is it in my circle of power or not if it is not let it go if it is in your power then do something about it the other thing that you can do is when you recognize that you know you are at high risk of stress and you want to prevent it from happening not just waiting till it builds up and then take take action so you can start doing things that would help you and one major thing that can help you is reflective practice so i have a practice of doing a gratitude journal every morning and so i write i start my day by saying today i'm grateful for and i think about things that i'm grateful for and it's funny thing my gratitude journal usually starts with i'm grateful for life opportunity i don't know if you can see it yeah but, but yeah my first first word is i'm grateful for life opportunities mm-hmm. so being alive is an opportunity right and so so you can you can develop a practice of gratitude where you can be grateful for things and it helps start your day in a positive way instead of the negative way Right. And when I'm doing my gratitude and on the days when I I have some time I'm I kind of proceed to reflecting. So when I'm afraid, when I'm having any strong feelings, whether I'm happy or when I'm sad or when I'm angry, then I start writing and it allows to let go of that build up that is inside me so that it goes out it goes out of my body and it doesn't cause symptoms inside my body so developing a reflective practice is something that healthcare professionals can do so they can process if they are or whenever whatever feelings they are having so that it doesn't build up and doesn't sneak up on that what happens is that we are giver we are caregiver you know we are care providers so it is we are passionate about helping other people and giving and so when we are giving and caring for other people many times our own self care gets behind and we don't take care of ourselves and so what what happens is our our emotional balance starts going negative do you have a bank account yes everybody has most of the people have bank account okay and so you know in the bank account there are deposits and there are withdrawals right so you try to keep deposits regularly and so when the withdrawals happen you have enough money for the withdrawals to happen right and then what would happen if your deposits are less than your withdrawals i'm not going to feel too good <laughs> <laughs> your account is going to go negative your checks are going to get bad, right right you're overdrawn and so everybody has an emotional coping account inside them and so all the things that are stressors that stress us out are your withdrawals mm-hmm. now some of the withdrawals are in your control 
like if you're smoking cigarette, let's say, and you stop smoking, that that was a withdrawal that you were able to stop. But then there are some other withdrawal, other withdrawals that are not in your control. You know, whatever is happening with you know COVID nineteen around you that may not be in your control. That is a withdrawal. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to keep balance, what can you do? You can increase your deposits right. to stay in the positive. I was just going to say, I know that you told me about the gratitude journal. And I, I do have to tell you, I got into the habit recently of turning on the news in the morning. And this morning I turned off the news. I couldn't, you know, it's good to be informed, but I just couldn't take it anymore. And I was like, I need a moment. And I sat down and I wrote in my gratitude journal about what was good right now, what, what I'm happy about, what I'm, you know, that I have my health right now. Um, and so I do want to thank you because I practiced that today and I found it very helpful. So. Yeah. And it became one of your deposits. It did. It balances out. Exactly. And I teach and I do practice myself too. So do you have a, your to-do list? Do you make a to-do list in the morning? I do. Uh-huh. So in one of my to-dos is a deposit. So I have a deposit list and I look at my deposits and see, oh, today I can take a relaxing bath. That's one of my deposits. Or I will watch a comedy movie or just looking at the nature, looking at the tips of the buds just before the spring is you see the tips on the branches. Right. Yeah, those buds are so inspirational for me. When I look at them, I feel that hope that this bud is one day going to become a flower. And it raises my spirits. So identify things that are your deposits and make a list of your deposits and put it in an, in a place where you would be able to access access it every day. So I put it in my to-do list. And, and so then I look at all the options I have and I pick one of those options for today. And that could help develop further your resilience and being able to tolerate and manage the stress without breaking down. So balance your emotional coping account. One thing that I have been noticing that sometimes people are so upset and afraid Mm -hmm. that they won't be able to spend time with their family members and they get so wrapped up in that fear that even when they are at home, they are not spending quality time with their family. So that fear hijacks them. So when you recognize, when you start doing your reflection practice and you recognize that, hmm, whom am I upset, whom I'm afraid for? I'm afraid for my family. So I cannot control what is going to happen tomorrow, but I have today and I can spend good time with my family. One tool that the healthcare professionals can do is when you come home, like you are practicing, you know, most health professionals, when they're coming home, they're trying to change, you know, the, the gown and, and wipe every, you know, the surfaces so they don't bring infections inside the home. Right. When you are doing that, also mentally clear your head of the stress and the thoughts what of the work and focus on what you can do. So take this three-minute home entry rule. And home entry rule is tell yourself, I'm going to meet the most important people in my life. And you, when you enter, meet them as if you are meeting them after a whole day, like, you know, as if you're coming after a whole month, think about I'm meeting my family after a whole day and try to spend that quality time with them. And that would bring more life instead of worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. And the last point about uh, processing is that 
you know, we work, we do this work because we are so passionate about self, about the world. I, we are passionate about helping other people. That is our calling. That's why we go into this field. And so just reminding of the purpose, why you do what you do. When your purpose is bigger than your problem, then you can overcome it. Right. So your purpose is to help people. When your purpose would be bigger than your problem, your fear, then you'd be able to overcome that fear. So now let me just uh, go to the third step of the CPR. We did C, calming down techniques. We did P, the processing, thinking through. And let's come to the R. What is R? So R represents responding with intention. You know, we all have to respond in some ways, but many times we start reacting like a knee-jerk reaction. Something happens and we blurt out or we become angry or we be become upset. But there is a big difference between reaction, knee-jerk reaction versus response, response with, uh, with intention, with the choice. Now, choice is a very important aspect. If you say, oh, I have to go to work today and I have to expose myself. And that feels like it is not in your control. And when it's not your choice, you feel like a victim. But if you change your mental dialogue to, I choose to go because this is my passion. I choose to take care of for whatever reason. When you start putting your choice into your decision or your action, then it becomes your own choice. And then you don't feel like a victim. You know, what is the difference between lovemaking sex and a rape sex? Do you know what's the biggest difference? There are multiple differences, but the biggest one is the choice. That lack of choice makes a most pleasurable activity to a most traumatic experience. And so then respond with the choice. If things are happening, if you are being pressured to do certain things, take you see what your role is and then decide and then say, I choose to do because what is happening from outside is not in your control, but how you are reacting is in your control. One last thing is that you don't have to wait till things are really out of control. Start taking care of yourself and develop your resilience every day. Enjoy each day of your life. And, and then you would be able to continue to take care of yourself and the people you care about. I have developed a lot of resources in addition to the book and the online course and the audiobook. There are lots of blogs on the website, drrosina.com, that people can go and check it out. They can sign up and get the audio download of the Relax on the Go exercise that I walked you through. And so... And then I have developed special group for healthcare professionals right now so that they can come and ask questions about what they are going through and learn the tools to keep their minds healthy so then they can have overall health and happiness in their life and then they can help their clients. So then if one of the healthcare professionals needs help with their stress, depression, or any other struggles, are you taking clients during the time? Yes, I am taking, I have open telehealth sessions for, for new clients and especially healthcare professionals. I would make all my effort to try to help them out because they are my friends and I would like to do whatever I can to help them get through these difficult times. Right. And then how can they make an appointment? They can go to shifahealth.org and request an appointment or they can call the office 
or they can send us the message on the Facebook group and we can make them connected with the office. And then, um, Dr. Rosina, I know we're almost out of time, but I'm seeing a question come in. Um, so I just thought I'd pose it for us. Shabina, hi. She's saying, sometimes it is difficult to separate work from home emotionally. Any tips for healthcare professionals? So on separating work and home emotionally. So it depends on if you are working in the hospital versus at home. So like for me, at this point in time, I have to do a lot of work from from home. I'm doing all most of the work through telepsychiatry. And then it becomes really hard to separate work from home because basically I am home and I'm still working. And so when this whole thing started, it was uh, it was really hard hard because to create that boundary. So over last you know several weeks, I have developed this routine that I am trying to keep the same routine that I would do otherwise. So I'm still kind of doing my journaling and then doing my treadmill, doing my breakfast, getting ready. And when I am coming to sit on my computer. I am actually saying goodbye to my family. Oh, I'm going to work. I'll see you at lunch. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so it's it's an intentional kind of the work home division that I have to create. And then I come in and I close the door so that uh, I can focus on uh, taking care of the patient's needs and all the things that I have to take care of. People who are, uh, and, and it's the same thing at the uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I also have to kind of wrap up. I've, we have done the whole interview on this topic so people can refer to them. There are healthcare professionals who are working at the hospital. And when they come home, they are bringing the tension and the fear of what happened at work. So one technique that I earlier shared that when you are taking off your gown and mask and kind of wiping or washing your hands, let go of the mental burden that you have also carried. When you're washing your hands, wash away that, all those negative thoughts or fears or anxieties or that, that you were carrying and let it go. Mentally also prepare yourself to saying, okay, I am going to meet the most important people in my life. And so when you enter the home, you create that boundary. Once you are inside the home, of course, everywhere there is, you know, people are watching the social media. There's a lot of discussion going on. And so after spending a few, few minutes trying to just kind of debrief and calm down, then you say, okay, let's focus on what can we do to spend quality time together. So focus on living your life and having these intentional boundaries between work and home could really help. And also know where you can share your stressors. Many times it is, many times in families, one person or other person becomes your support system or talking to family members, in many situations, your spouse actually increases the stress. <laughs> and, and so the spouse that you, that is supposed to be your biggest support would not may not understand what you are going through and therefore you need to have a group supportive group of your colleagues where you can bring out these issues and meet that emotional need uh, where you can share your fears and your anxieties whether it is in form of the, at the hospital your co-workers 
or your outside group, your WhatsApp or the Facebook group. And that is one of the purposes that I created this Facebook group where people can come and share and meet that need, which they may not be able to get met at the, at the home where their role is different. And you want to focus on living each moment fully with your family members. Yeah, that's that's wonderful insight. And so some of the things that I heard were really coming home and taking off the day, knowing that you were greeting the most important people in your life that I, I really appreciated. And I think this will resonate for a lot of people, at least that I've talked to and know right now, this idea of work and home is the same space. So the way that you talked about all right, guys, I'm going to work now and I'll be back, right? Kind of that new boundary that's... Yeah, I would like to end with a relaxation, 16-second relaxation exercise. So I want you to say your closing statement and then I will take you through that 16-second exercise for ending this program. Certainly. So today we talked about how to increase stress and resilience during this time. And if you like what you've learned, go ahead and feel free to share it. We appreciate your time. And Dr. Rosino, we'd love to have you walk us through that. Sure. And some of my friends who, are, who watch Indian movies may really enjoy this exercise, this kind of a combination of a relaxation exercise that we do with a, a comment or, or a song from the movie Three Idiots. And it talks about all is well. And so there's this song, hilarious song that they made. But so what we have done is we have combined it with a relaxation exercise 444. When you are breathing, sometimes people think that you're just breathing in and out. Those are the only two phases of breathing. But actually breathing has three phases. You breathe in, you hold it, and then you breathe out. And then you take a break. So when you are holding the breath, that is the time you're giving to for the oxygen and carbon dioxide exchange happening. And therefore, for any deep breathing, you want to have that hold phase. So you breathe in, you hold, and you breathe out, and you take a break. So when we are going to breathe in, we are going to say all. And then when we hold it, we are going to say is. And when we are breathing out, we are going to say well. Okay, so let's do it together. Put your hand on your heart and say uh, breathe in, all is well, take those seconds, all is well, all is well, wishing you health and happiness. Thank you, Dr. Rosina.